You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. I want you to do this. I want you to take off the goggles of shame right now. I want you to do it. I just want you to, like, I'm going to take off the goggles of shame and condemnation. Because God never brings his word to condemn us, but always to liberate us, to bring freedom. And I want you to put on the goggles of faith, hope, and love. They're trifocals. There we go. Trifocals. And I, and I say this because I'm bringing a weighty word today. And, and I'm going to deliver it in such a way as it's simple because it's a gifting I have. I have a gifting to, to communicate things simply because that's how I see it. I couldn't make it complicated if I tried. So it's going to be nice and simple like we're in our family-ish series. And this is, this is a message that I, I live to preach. I take my responsibility as your shepherd under Pastor Jürgen, as your pastor under Pastor Jürgen, so seriously. And, and one day I'm going to stand before God and he's going to ask me, did you properly steward and shepherd the beautiful people that I sent you, that I sent your way? And I, I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So, so I'm going to bring a word and it, it may feel stingy. But it's like that antiseptic that you put in a wound that brings healing. And my intent today, I'm going to bring truth born from the womb of love. Because I I want you to be happy. And and I want you to have less family-ish. So we're talking about family-ish this month. It's our church series on relationships. And my goal at the end of it is you have less-ish in your life. So... I, I want to just bring to your attention what's happening in our world today. And it's, it's kind of been cycling around for, for quite a few years, but it seems to be accelerated of late. And that is the lack of honour from men to women and women to men. So much so that we have multiple feminist movements and we now have emerging many uh, masculine movements. Uh, one of them is called MRM, Men's Rights Matter. There's another one called Mugato. See, men aren't good at acronyms and, <laughs> like, guys, leave that to the ladies. And uh, it's men going their own way. And, and basically what's happening is we're, we're living in a transgression of what the Bible tells us to do in Romans, and that is to honour one another over ourselves. So can you imagine what would happen if instead of women having women's rights movements, they had, how can we help men be better, think better, be stronger, be more awesome, and men did the same thing for women. We would live in a very, very different world. So the title of my message today is Code of Honour. Code of Honour. Code of Honour. The Honour Code, actually. The Honour Code. So here's what I want to do. I want to break it down. I want to bring six points. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get straight into it because I've got a lot that I want to say today. So I want you to grab your notebook and your pen, your iPhone, your note section. Take notes. Don't come to class without your books, my friends. 
Don't come to class without your pen and paper. You're not going to remember it. You'll just say, what was that thing that Pastor Leanne back in the, ah, I forgot. No, paper never forgets. <laughs> iPhones sometimes do, but paper never does. So I want you to write this stuff down because I really believe the church is the light of the world and we need to go first. When, when, when Jesus said, or when the Bible says that, that the, the church is to be the chief amongst the mountains, it wasn't just something cute that would say at conferences. What that means is the church will lead the way. Pastor Jürgen and I go first, we model, we example, we teach you, and then you follow suit. Okay, you're you ready? I think I scared the 8.30 service a little bit. So I had to go back into the green room and just like pray, oh God, help me deliver this in such a way that it's received. So I'm just, I'm just going to go straight into it because I know time is of the essence. Point number one in restoring honour, the honour code, and ending this wicked and horrific cycle of Ferris wheel hatred and bitterness and resentment that men and women have, it's time for somebody to get off that dang Ferris wheel and start to do things differently. And, and I'm, I'm up for that. Are you up for that? Great. Point number one, we're just going to break it down. Don't have sex with someone you're not married to. That's, that's point number one. I told you I was going to keep it real, real simple like. So here's what happened in Genesis chapter 2 says that the Lord God made a woman from the rib, which I, I mean is the best transformation of any inanimate object ever. He gets a rib and he makes a woman. Ta-da, your welcome world. <laughs> he took it out of the man and then he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones. And now Adam doesn't know this, but he's prophesying. This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of a man. That is why a man leaves. Somebody say leaves. 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 And we're going to get to that. But men, have you left? Or are you still your mother's son and not your wife's husband? Just in case I don't get to it, I'm going to drop that like it's hot. <laughs> he shall leave his father and mother and be united or bonded to his wife and they will become one flesh. And then Jesus speaks in the New Testament, just in case, yeah, but that changed. It didn't pass through the cross. Yeah, it did. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus speaking. Haven't you read, he replied, and I love this because probably some of, the ha some of them hadn't because maybe they had a culture back then where they didn't read their Bibles like today. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator God made them male and female, which is right there answering a very modern question. And said, for this reason, a man will leave. There it is again. Will leave his father and mother and be united. Somebody say united. united. To his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two. Think about that. Think about maybe all the people that you've been with in your lifetime. So they are no longer two. People with little pieces of them scattered all over San Diego and beyond. But one flesh Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So what was the human race created to do when the man comes to the woman? They were created to bond. They were created to bond. You were created to bond with your spouse. And what I figured out in my lifetime is not that God backs up science, but science backs up God. So God speaks and it becomes science. 
It's not scientists discovering things that deny the power. Impossible. Science can't deny God. God speaks and science happens. It's not the other way around. So God says, he says, and the two will become one flesh. And then all of a sudden, science takes place and that's exactly what happens. Do you know that when you have sex with somebody, there are a couple of hormones that are released, oxytocin and visopressin. Now, oxytocin, isn't it amazing what I learned? <laughs> Sorry, I just have to take a second to fangirl myself because I have a 10th grade education. But for love of you, I've become a scientist. So, so these, these two hormones, so, so oxy, oxytocin in the women creates a, a nurturing response. So she has sex with her mate and immediately she feels a connection and a bond and a nurturing and I want to cook for you and I want to have your babies and I want to make a home with you. And for the man, it's vesopressin, and what that does is it creates a loyalty and a protectiveness and a healthy jealousy, right? And it was God designed. Do you know why? Because you, when you came together, you were meant to mate for life. And there's also another hormone involved in the love-making act, and it's, it's in, an endorphin that releases these happy hormones, which means that like Pringles chips, once you pop, it's hard to stop, right? So that's why you gotta be smart, like Song of Solomon says, and don't arouse or awaken love until it pleases. God's all about us having really great sex, but within the, con the context and the confines that is gonna bring us joy and pleasure and not pain and regret. So, so God created it so that in the midst of the coming together of a man and a woman, that he would create a bond, a stickiness, a stickiness. It's like his override system because he knew that relationships would get tricky sometimes, that in-laws would come into town and babies would get sick and there will be moments where you have famine in your relationship. So he said, I'm going to create a bond. And when he spoke, let no man separate, he meant it. Because, you know, the Bible says that, that God hates divorce, but here's the truth about it. He doesn't hate divorced people. I believe he hates the behavior that leads to the divorce. But then also what it does to a human soul, a renting. There's a renting and a tearing and a breaking and a great heartbreak because God designed us to stick. But in our community, we've embraced our own way. So we've said, we're going to have sex with whoever, whenever, how we, however we want to do it. So we're bond, break, bond, break, bond, break, bond, break, bond, break, bond, break. Now, okay, let me break it really simple for you. Really simple. When you open the fridge door a lot, and they got that little strip there that keeps the air in, if your kids are always... Eventually, that stickiness runs out. And you know what I found in our society? Because we've bond, break, bond, break, bond, break. We don't know how to stick anymore. And so there are little pieces of us all over, and we wonder why we can't commit. Because you were meant to stick. And because when you bond, break, bond, break, bond, break. But see, some of us thought we were so much smarter than God. And in the, the Ten Commandments where God says, thou shalt not commit adultery, well, we're like, well, yeah, well, I'm not married. So I can have sex with as many people as I want before I'm married. No, do you know that before you're married, you're in covenant with God? Yeah. 
that's why the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, a threefold cord is not easily broken, not a twofold. Before you're brought to your husband or your wife, your commitment and your covenant is with God. And then that third cord is added. Faithful to God before you're married, faithful to your spouse afterwards. That's why Joseph, when he was approached by Potiphar's wife and he, she was wearing her Victoria's Secret that wasn't so secret, <laughs> he said to her, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? I'm in covenant with God. You're not my wife. You belong to somebody else. So we're finding that there is a lack of commitment. We've got a whole bunch of men who are commitment phobes and they're now like older than they should be because they bought the whole thing of, I'm a player. I got my black BMW with the tinted windows and the music. I got my player license plate and I have sex with whoever, whenever I like. And, and now they want to get married and they can't. For some reason, why can't I commit? It's because you've had bond break, bond break, bond break. It's tight, but it's right. And that stickiness has left. Here's the thing about players, my friends, they get played. I wanna tell you this because nobody else is telling you this. I am gonna tell you this. Only have sex with someone you're married to. Let's just, let's just break it down for a second. Can you imagine if we just, out of all the Ten Commandments, we just followed that one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. We're not unfaithful to our spouse after we're married. We're not unfaithful to God before we're married. Imagine if we just did that one. Let's just see how different life would look. No STDs. Right. Do you know that 50% of sexually active teens have a sexually transmitted disease that will stay with them for the rest of their lives? Super sad. But imagine if we did it God's way. No out-of-wedlock pregnancies. Single motherhood would be largely eradicated. No children being raised without two parents. And so now that beautiful thing called a family that is meant to be the fabric of society instead of being torn apart would be literally the backbone of everything that's healthy. From that, you would find that we would have less young people incarcerated. Yes, less young men and women turning to crime. Much lower crime rates, which means lower taxes and lower insurance. Who would have thought that your ability to stay chaste and only have sex with someone you're married to would lower your taxes and be more money in your pocket? It's amazing that's deserving of a great amen. There'd be no objectification of women, which means there would be no prostitution which means there would be no pornography. Imagine how different your life would be if you weren't entrapped in that snare. No human trafficking to satiate the beast of pornography. Wouldn't, wouldn't need walls. No sexual abuse. No little girls and little boys having to grow up tainted with the residue because they've been inappropriately touched by someone who should have looked after them better. Lower depression. Did you know that a sexually active teen is twice as likely to be depressed? So important. 
when we look at honour, again, honouring each other, that when people say things like, well, I'm going to do what I want so long as it doesn't hurt anybody, just so you know, it's hurting people. It's hurting America. Your choices are hurting people. Women, every time you have sex with a man who is not your spouse, is not your husband, you perpetuate a cycle of dysfunction. That contributes to sex trafficking. It contributes to the porn industry. It contributes to everything that demeans women. Your choices matter. If we want to bring honour back, we got to do things God's way again. You are worth more. Don't live with someone you're not married to. Don't do it, my friends. Well, um, we'll save money. Yeah, because that's a great starting point for a relationship. What brought you guys together? Um, saving money. How romantic. Wow. I saved him money. <laughs> yeah. It's not honour. Living with someone you haven't stood in front of their parents, their friends, their family, and before God saying, forsaking all others, I choose you. And taking from them, stealing from them what you have not properly paid for is wrong. It's dishonourable. You're living like a thief. Don't do it. You're not that way. You're an honourable person. Well, I want to live with them just to see if we're compatible. Okay, let me tell you something. You can figure out everything you need to know about a person without living with them, okay? All the questions that matter. Here are a few, few things. Single people, write this down. You need to ask yourself about the people you're dating. Are they faithful? Are they honest? Do they have a good heart? Are they honouring of their parents? Do they love God? Do they keep their word? That's a big one. Do we have the same fundamental goals and priorities in life? That's all that really matters. But what if they have gross habits? Well, listen, if you're marrying a man, um, (laughs) it kind of goes without saying. I spent the first 12 months of my marriage in shock. (laughs) Like, I only had sisters. So I was like white and wide-eyed, oh dear God. I have a friend who actually Googled how much um, gas should a man pass when it's no longer normal. And so we kind of just have to come to terms a little bit, blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. It's quite the alarm clock. But what if she's annoying and naggy? Every woman is a little bit annoying and naggy. It's how we get our point across. And if you think today, well, I bet Pastor Leanne's not. Now, listen, I just need to. There are some days I wake up, and I've said this before, but it bears repeating. I just feel like, you know what? I feel like being unpleasant today. (laughs) And you need to give your wife permission to have a little moment. You don't get to have the goods if you don't pay the price. And you know what you're doing? You're rehearsing not being committed. We want to live together to see if we could stay married. You know what you're doing? You're rehearsing not being committed. Never works, never works, never works. Time to move on. All right. All right. That was only point number one. Wow. 
I'm hurting too. Point number two. In order to restore honour, the code of honour, is to keep ourselves from false images. Now, I want to tread lightly here because I realise that we live in a culture that is saturated with pornography. It used to be, many decades ago, that it was harder to come across. I remember my friend Eddie Hillard telling me back when he was a kid, he didn't have the same temptations. He, he remembers a story where uh, there was a rumour that two miles away there might be a Playboy magazine under a rock, under a bridge. Okay, so you had to go hunting for that stuff back then. But right now, all you have to do is turn on your computer. Now, men, I know you're motivated by outcomes. And I want to tell you this. When you face, when you face with courage and bring down that Goliath of pornography, your life is going to become wonderful. You can have sexual fulfillment again. Mick Jagger said this, I can't get no satisfaction. Okay. And I reckon it's because he was very cavalier with his, with his sex life. It's, it's kind of what happens. Do you know that pornography is the number one cause of, uh, of impotency? And it's the number one cause of a lack of sexual connection or satisfaction between you and your spouse. And I want to tell you this, it's not bigger than God. It's not bigger than God. I know for a fact there are great men in this room today who have a flourishing, satisfying sex life with their spouse who have overcome a pornography addiction. You can do it. You can do it. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. You can do it. And you know what? You come to us, you talk to us in an appropriate way with a man, connect with pleader, we're going to help you. We're going to help you. We want you to be free from this so you can, you can enjoy the relationship with your spouse that God desires for you to have. Keep yourself from false images. I want to tell you, make some smart decisions, man. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. And it may come to a point in your life where you actually have to cut off some friendships, you have to cut off some environments, you have to set some safeguards around your life personally in order to bring this beast down once and for all. I'm telling you, it will be worth it. It will be so worth it. And we will be cheering you on every step of the way. Ladies, you got your own version. Soap operas. Do you know I read a statistic that a therapist, counsellor, psychologist, some of them, will not even counsel a woman who has an addiction to soap operas? Because they're like, she, she's so jacked up, we don't even know where to start. So she's got a false image elevated in her mind of what a relationship looks like. People look perfect and gorgeous all the time and nobody ever does anything inappropriate. And, and doesn't, I could wake up from a coma after 20 years and I'm still going to look like a supermodel. <laughs> and I could push out triplets in a desert and I'm still going to look like I just have a beautiful glistening glow. <laughs> and every time we make love, instantly candles illuminate. <laughs> Satin sheets appear instead of the ones that you've got with holes in them from Costco. 
there are no toddlers scratching at the door crying for you as you're begging for your husband to finish so you can get on with your... That never happened. <laughs> and when it does, this isn't what I thought marriage would look like. Yes, because you've elevated a false image in your mind. Those soap operas, that real housewives, crap. Turn it off. You think you can really feed yourself on a diet of drama and then not drag it into your relationship and then replay it? Oh my gosh, I'm so over here. Oh my gosh, whatever. Ugh. Change the freaking channel. You know what you should put on? Put on a cooking show. Learn how to make your man something. Cook him a meal for a change instead of, oh my gosh, unless you take me to Kachina and Ateka. <laughs> Learn how to do something useful except in, instead of stirring up drama. Keep yourself from false images. I told you this is, you still got those faith, hope and love bifocals on, right? Trifocals, good, 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 good. All right, moving on. Point number three. Take responsibility for your children, even if you're not married to their mother. Okay, here's, here is something that is a blight on our society, and it's unfathered children. I want to say this to you today, and I mean it. It is a great wickedness to sire a child and then not take care of it. It really is. Don't have a baby and not look after that baby and pour that weight on a woman, and then wonder why women are ticked off and hate men, that's part of the reason. Wow. I, w I wanna have sex with you. I wanna do everything that leads to impregnation. Oh, but I don't want a baby. Don't want a baby. And then we're looking at, we're living in the collateral of a generation of men who have shirked their responsibilities, and now we're looking at a generation of young boys who are overly feminized, and we wonder why. Why are there so many letters in the LBGTQ plus this XYZ? A lack of fathers. Paul said it, you have plenty of teachers, but you don't have enough fathers. Emerge men, I hope and I know because I'm married to a good baby daddy that they're teaching you at Emerge how to be a good and present father even if you're not married to their mother. Well, I don't like her. It doesn't matter, that's your baby. You support them financially. You do not miss those child support payment checks. I remember having a conversation with a great man in our church, Mike Clark, who many years ago lost his first marriage. He made it his absolute first priority to make sure that his child support payment check was paid before anything else. Anything else. That was a man who knew how to take responsibility for what was his responsibility. And at the time, he had to live in a little room in order to make it happen, but God blessed him because I'm telling you, prosperity and abundance follows righteous living. Well, I can't afford it. Listen, when, when a woman is pregnant with a child, that baby is the last thing to flounder because baby gets nutrients before mummy. So in the womb, God, God set the right way of doing it. So if I eat hamburger, baby gets all the best, and then I'm left with whatever's next. True for mothering in the womb, true for fathering outside the womb. Look after those babies. 
You can't tell me that the rise in homosexuality and the rise in gender dysphoria and the rise in youth incarceration and young people's being depressed is not the result of absent daddies. It, it is. And, and we can do something about it. Well, it's been such a long time. Pick up the phone. You may get some frost in the beginning from that child's mother or even the child, I, I don't want to know you, persist, persist. I know, I know why you feel the way you do, but I want you to know that I've changed and I'm willing to be patient with you while you understand that these are just not words but actions. Send that woman money. Even if she sends it back, you keep sending it. You do what's right and eventually things will turn around for you. It's time for men to be responsible again. If we're going to break this battle of the sexes, then we have to honour others over ourselves and this is a huge part of it. Don't leave the discipline and the parenting of your children just to mummy. Again, that's why we're seeing such a huge feminization of, of men, because mum's doing everything. Wow. She, she's doing it all. She's the one having the puberty talk. She's the one going in there with the wooden spoon and paddling their butts. Or worse, she's not, and that kid's a brat. Yeah. And you're standing around and you're letting it happen. And a lot of fathers don't engage because of guilt. It's true for King David anyway. King David's sons were a bunch of rascals and he was a good man but because of his own guilt and also because of the residue of being rejected by his own father, oh, I'm never going to discipline my, my kids. And if you think I'm making it up, I'm not. Here's the scripture where it tells us. 1 Kings 1, chapter 1, verse 6. Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? Adonijah had been born next after Absalom and he was very handsome. It's amazing we'll, what we'll let our kids get away with if they're cute. <laughs> yeah. Yep, sometimes being handsome is a bit of a curse because nobody will tell you what time it is. It's time for men to stand up again. There is something to be said for wait till your father gets home. There are some days, especially when my kids, my boys were teenagers, where I'm like, you know what, I do not have the bandwidth to handle this. You're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. You've got this thing called testosterone raging through your body where I would just step out and give my husband a call and say, you need to deal with this when you come home. And men, if you shirk that, it's to your shame, not to your honour. It's time for things to shift again. You're hanging in there? Good. And you know I love you, right? I'm not saying this to hurt you. I'm saying this because I want things, I want things to be better than they've been. Point number four, set a culture of honour in your home. Men, that means we're going to have to, well, you are because I'm a woman, but you're going to have to um, start to get old school again. There's a reason women love those old movies where the man would lay his coat out across the puddle, even though I used to look at that and go, she could step around it. However, <laughs> the gesture is so beautiful. And I feel like we've lost that. You know, do you open doors for women? Not just your wife and daughters, but also every woman. Oh, it'll do something. Even the most bitter feminist with the spikiest, shortest hair. When that happens, initially she'll be like, ooh, but, but when enough men do it, that frost is going to thaw. The weather will break and the sun will shine again. Oh, you know what? Men aren't that bad after all. That's oh, a great place to start. Listen, chivalry, chivalry is not dead. It's just sleeping. 
and it's time for, for the church to wake up the sleeping giant again. Men, you have a part to play. Will women hurt me? Well, what does the Bible say? It says, do unto others as you would have done unto you. Do not repay evil for evil. Repay evil for good. They hurt me, but I'm going to show them I'm a man of honour. I'm opening the door for you. I'm going to open the car door for you. I'm going to pick up the cheque at the date. I'm going to do what's right because I am an honourable man. This Proverbs 31 man that we read about who was able to create an environment for the Proverbs 31 woman to flourish set his thermostat in the home of, of honour. Tick, 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 tick. Do you know how I know this? Because the Bible says... Her children rose and called her blessed. Her husband also, and he praised her. This is amazing because this is not a natural occurrence for young people to stand up and honour mother. Here she comes, the queen. Da, 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 da. So daddy has had some conversations in the home to say to the kids, you know what, when your mother comes in, you rise, you honour her. She's your mother. You don't speak to your mother. If you're letting your kids back chat their mum, degrade her, be violent and abusive to her in any way, you need to stop that. That's a great wickedness. And actually you're hurting them because the Bible says, honour your mother and father, and if you do, you will have long life. So if you're not teaching your children to honour their mother and father, then what you're doing is you're cutting their life short. Don't do it. We can change this. I just know we can. And it can start in San Diego. Birthdays, anniversaries, men. When she says she doesn't need anything, she does. <laughs> oh, don't get me anything. Lie. Lie. <laughs> Lie. Oh, sorry, honey, I planned a business trip or a meeting on our anniversary. You fool. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not even going to be the price, the amount of money you spent, although sometimes that matters. Man, you know what I want on Mother's Day? I want a letter from my kids. I want my babies to tell me that they love me and that they're glad that I'm their mum. And they don't do that organically. <laughs> it's not in their mind. What? I'm on PlayStation. You know, you know how or why they do that? Because Daddy whispered. Daddy whispered. Go into your room and I want you to write a card and I wanna, want you to say, tell your mummy something you love about her. Oh, Dad, do it. Oh, my gosh. It'll brighten a day. Those little macaroni keychain things that, I mean, I've still got all of them. My son, Ash, wrote me the most beautiful card. I wish I bought a copy of it when he, he, <laughs> he was about seven or eight years of age. His dad said to him, Ashley, go write your mum a card for Mother's Day. And he's like, Mum, I love the way that your hands glisten in the moonlight. <laughs> your loving arms have taught me to love. Like he just, he like got the sum total of every statement he'd heard in every Hallmark movie and jammed it. Ah, <laughs> oh, it meant the world to me. There is no diamond ring in the universe that could compare to that. All right, ladies, you ready? Ephesians 5.33 says, And the wife must see to it, are you seeing to it, wives, that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him. Men love to be noticed. 
sometimes I'll just see my husband walk past me like a little, like, I can, and, and I can tell he wants me to notice that he looks really buff. <laughs> and the more wicked among us would be like, he wants me to say something nice, so I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> when has that ever worked in the history of things working, ever? So I'll say, oh my gosh, babe, have you been working out a lot? You look, wow, you're so, and you can just see. Oh, what? No, yeah, I guess so. Just like you want to be noticed, they want to be noticed. Yeah. Treat him with loving concern. Man flu is real. It's a real thing. I know, ladies, you can push out a baby and be plowing a field the next day. However, when a man gets the flu, it's real. And it's just an opportunity for him, do you love me? I want some loving concern. Treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. Maybe you should do that when you get home today, wives. Hold him dear. Women, you know, you would be mortified. I can't believe the music's here already. I've got so much more to say. Come on, Jesus, take the wheel and drive fast. All right. You would be mortified if your husband brought pornography into the home or something that was demeaning of women. But what are you letting your kids watch? Have you, have you taken a sample of what is currently on Nickelodeon and a lot of Disney shows as it relates to men? So women are the masters of the universe and they strut into a room with a briefcase and they're a doctor or a lawyer or both. And they solve every problem and they're witty and they're savvy and they're smart. And the man is in the background. He can barely string a sentence together. He doesn't have a job. He just sits on the couch all day while his wife makes the money. He's a doofus. And we let these shows incept our children and further perpetuate the dishonour between the sexes. It's time for us to be a little bit more savage in our homes about what we let our children look at. Just like you don't like your husband bringing in pornography and things that degrade women, what are you allowing into your home and into the eyes and lives of the most vulnerable, your children, as it relates to men? Amen. Women, can I talk about the obsession with materialism that has gripped our culture? In 1 Peter 3, it says the true beauty does not come from outward adornment. Now listen, what was Peter saying? Don't have nice stuff? No, he was saying you got it all out of balance. Can I be honest with you? There are too many young people, teenagers who don't earn paychecks wearing Gucci belts. And I'm not trying to be stingy. I'm just saying today, we got our priorities a little bit out of whack. And Peter had to say, you know what makes you beautiful? Not your fabulous belt, not your $500 sneakers, not your Gucci purse. It's the inner beauty of a beautiful spirit. And we can, get, we can put unfair demands on our men sometimes as it relates to stuff. Most men, healthy men, want to please their wives. But are you abusing his kindness? Proverbs 31 says, it says, the husband, the heart of her husband safely trusts her so he has no lack of gain. Is your husband lacking gain because you just got to have that Gucci belt? Look, I got this belt from Nordstrom's for $24 and it looks just as good. 
just as good. I want to show you, and this is not con to condemn anyone, but I just want to bring some balance to the force. A picture of my first engagement ring when Jürgen and I got married. Okay, I'm wearing it today. We've had an upgrade since then because 27 years, I deserve it. But that was honestly, I felt like he'd given me the hope diamond. But you know what I'm hearing around and about these days? Well, unless I get a five carat diamond made from the metal from the Voyager space shuttle, then I, unless I get the luxury car with all the bells and whistles and the rims, you don't have a house, you drive a Kia, my friend. Those Kias look sick. They're amazing. You don't have a house, you don't need a luxury car. You don't have a house, you don't need a Gucci belt. You don't have a house, you don't need the Chanel sunglasses. Be, be aware of the seasons. There is a season, okay? Now I'm not preaching that we shouldn't prosper, but I'm talking about good stewardship. Uh, nom, 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 nom. I'm eating my seed. Do you know what the Bible says? A good person leaves an inheritance to their children's children. And you can't do that if you invest in things that decline and don't increase. And you're wearing your house on your waist. Stop it. Stop it. Honour your children's father, even if he isn't honourable. Now, this doesn't mean we pretend. We don't lie. Oh, everything's fine. No, you, you can be honest without being dishonouring. You, you can be honest with a right spirit. And the reason this is important is because many women and some men use their own use their children to exact a vendetta against the person that hurt them. And it's, it's so wicked. It's so wicked when, when a mother will use her daughter as her venting place and then we wonder why young girls are growing up with so much anxiety because they've been forced to deal with adult problems when they don't have the emotional maturity to handle it. And can I be honest with you? Regardless how, of how much your ex-husband or your current husband is a rascal, Every time you vent that to your kids, it hurts them. It hurts them. I don't want to know my dad's a, a jerk. I don't want to know that you, ha I, don't, I can't, like, his DNA, his blood runs through my veins. Every time you curse him, you, you curse me. And we don't understand. And we vent on our kids and we wonder why they carry our bitterness. In the story of, of Herodias in the book of Mark, she had a vendetta against a man and she used her daughter to execute her vengeance and made her daughter a murderer. And don't tell me it happens, doesn't happen today. It happens every day. It's a classic scene that is happening across America. It's enough now. We're gonna put down dishonor. We're gonna put down the devil's tool and we're gonna pick up the kingdom tool of honor and honor even when someone may not deserve it. Women, you have an opportunity to build your family right. Oh, and God's going to bless you. He's going to bless you when you do it His way. Finally, don't neglect your responsibilities. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says this, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, His body, of which He is the Saviour. 
Now, I know that you're now expecting me to go on a rant for the women. But sadly, this scripture has been used to manipulate women through the ages. Can I just tell you today, as someone who's married to a healthy person, it grieves me when wives, when daughters, when women come to me and say, I know the Bible says that, but this is happening in my home. What does God say? Can I tell you today, it is really hard, really hard for a woman to submit to a man who has no mission. Submission, under a mission. Man, do you have a mission? And you wonder why your wife's mean. She's not mean, she's scared. And God brought Eve to Adam as a problem solver, a fixer, a helper. And we're living in the residue right now of women who have stepped in to solve a problem because men put down responsibility that was theirs to carry and they've become mean. Well, of course they have. Do you know scientifically, again, scientifically, when a woman has to pick up responsibility that she should not carry her testosterone spikes, it's a scientific fact. She becomes a man in order to do the job that the man has put down. It's time for us to bring honour back. It's very hard for me as a pastor to have to lay down the law at the point of that one scripture when he's never had a job. He doesn't provide. The lights get turned off. There's no food in the cupboards and she has to go out and work and do what she shouldn't have to do in order to make ends meet. And then you want to be arch because she's mean? Yeah, I'd be mean too. I'd be mean too. I'd be mean too. Stay employed. 1 Timothy 5 says this. Give these instructions to the believers. Done. Tick. So that they will be above reproach. If anyone does not provide for his, 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 his own, and especially his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. When men don't lead, women get mean. And when men, women get mean, men, it's time for you to pick up again what you put down. And it may take some time for her to believe you. The Bible says we are to judge every tree by its fruit. It's going to take more than, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this time. Honey, I, I swear I'm going to get, I'm going to, She's going to need to see the fruit of change and then maybe she'll surrender those pants that she's been wearing that are too big for her. And you're going to have to be gentle and you're going to have to be patient as she's running away with those pants, but I, I can't trust you with the pants. I can't trust you with the flipping pants. And you're going to have some time. You're going to have to take some time. Honey, 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 I'm going to show you. So in the end, I'm going to put my dress back on. Here you go. These fit you now. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I got one more point, but we probably should come to a close. All right, I'll be super fast. When the time comes, let your children hold fast to their spouse. Therefore, a man shall leave, 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 leave. It means you're not calling mama and daddy to come over and do 
things for you that, that your wife's meant to do. It means you're not calling daddy to do for you things that your husband should do. One of the greatest causes of resentment in families is uncut apron strings. And mother-in-laws particularly can be shocking manipulators. And I know because I am one. I became one. And it's amazing how much of our identity is tied to our children. But God spoke it and then Jesus backed it up and He said, you've you got to let them leave. You've got to let them create their unit, have their bond. The Bible says, what, what God has put together, let no mother-in-law put asunder. You know, I, I came to a point in my relationship with my son last year, it was Christmas time. And I'm like, well, we always have Christmas at our house. We always have Christmas at our house. And so I called and said, well, we always have Christmas at our house, so when should I expect you? And on the end of the line, I hear, um, um, well, you know, see, the thing is, um, we decided that we're gonna do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, no. I birthed you, I raised you, I drove you to sports, I did. And I felt the Lord so strongly rebuke me. Leanne, back off. Because if there is a competition between you and his wife, not only will you not win, you shouldn't win and you shouldn't want to win. You shouldn't want to win. You let your babies leave. You let them bond. You don't meddle in affairs that are not yours. You let them sort out their little arguments. Don't disparage your spouse. Now, I'm not talking about extreme cases, cases with violence and abuse, all right? Let's just say that in case you're feeling convicted in an area. Listen, if there is a breach of that nature, your daddy's going to step in. However, for the regular everyday stuff, do not be on, your, on the phone to your mother, I went and then he did it there. Because when you've forgotten it, they're still seething. How dare they talk to my baby girl like that? And then you reinforce, you reinforce. Well, nobody will ever treat you as good as your daddy. Yeah, it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy and your little girl is going to lament for the rest of her life because you didn't let her bond with her husband. Stop it. Outwork all that love and energy on your wife. Stop projecting it into your child's marriage and separating what God has brought together. We can do it in our lifetime. We can restore honour. We can restore honour. We can do it. What did Romans say? Honour one another over yourselves. Everything will shift. Everything will shift. Even the most hardest of hearts, the angriest of souls, cannot resist being honoured. Love it if you'd stand to your feet. I'm going to ask Pastor John to close and ask you some questions. But then also, um, if you're here today and I've triggered you, and I'm, I'm sure I have, and again, it's come from a place of love, we want to pray with you. We want to help you. If you've identified in this a place where you've been in error or misunderstanding, let us pray with you. Bible says, bear one another's burdens. And in this, you fulfill the law of Christ. We want to help you. We don't want to just point out what's wrong. We want to help you make it right again. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that is, it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you that your word has been able to permeate every shadowy place. We declare today 
that no weapon formed against your sons and daughters will prosper. We serve notice to the devil. And we say today, we see your tricks. And we see that you are the puppet behind the division of the sexes. And we say today, we will not be a slave to your desire to destruct and to rob and destroy what God has brought together. We see you and we declare today you are cursed and we will elevate today the way of the Lord. We're going to be honourable men and women of God. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 